And so uh, this Sunday, I said, uh, I want us to, of course, we, we, Bishop told us to stay in the same vein. So I wanted to preach why the heart matters. Why the heart matters. And I came from uh, 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. And then I went to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and then we'll pray. Said, but the Lord said to Samuel, have no regard for his appearance or statue because I haven't selected him. God doesn't look at things like humans do. Humans see, uh, see, humans see only what is visible to the eyes, but the Lord sees into the heart. And then at 16, 7, and then in uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, starting at the 23rd verse, it said, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Get careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Let's pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come. Lord God, we realize that uh, we can't do anything in and of ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit. And I'm here, Lord God, I've been assigned to speak to these, your people, Father God, and I submit myself to you, Father. No longer I, but Christ who lives in me. May you be glorified. Holy Spirit, move me alone that I may see what you want me to see and say what you want me to say to these, your people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So we talked about the Lord said to Samuel. Samuel went, to, he had been instructed by God to go to Jesse's house uh, because he had rejected Saul. Because Saul, if you read the life of Saul, you'll see that Saul never built an altar unto God. He never did. And when Samuel came to reject him because God told him that he, had, he was grieved because Saul's disobedience, when, when Samuel went to, to, to tell him, God has taken the kingdom from you, Saul said to Samuel, uh, go pray to your God for me. Listen to what he said. Go pray to your God. Why he wasn't his God. So that you know that he didn't know God. He was carnal. That's why God rejected him. So God chose him a man from among Jesse's sons. So he told Jesse to go. Now, uh, when Israel asked for a king, um, the Lord uh, 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 picked Saul because they wanted a king like the other nations had. They wanted their king to look like the other nation's king, you know. And so God chose Saul. I'm pretty sure it was to teach him a lesson. But he, saw, he chose this man who was carnal. Matter of fact, when they got ready to anoint him, they had to go find him. He was hiding. And the Lord had to give a, give a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a knowledge, and say he's hiding among the stuff. So Samuel went and got him, and, and he anointed him. But if you notice, when he anointed him, he, it's a whole lot about this. I'm not going to get into it. But he didn't anoint him the way he anointed David. I just leave it like that. Uh, 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 he anointed David out of a, out of a, um, a horn of uh, an animal, something that had died. He didn't anoint Saul that way. Okay? I just leave it at that. But 
Here Saul is, he'd been rejected. God sent him to Jesse's house. He go to Jesse's house and he see Jesse's oldest son. Now notice, Jesse had called all his sons, you know, because Samuel came. Jesse excited because the prophet had come, right? He called all his sons except David. Because he said to himself, you can't be talking about him. So he, his oldest son, the first one, it was the first one. I said, he was a man of God. The first one went walking by him. And I, I may imagine maybe Jesse put him in that order and said, okay, this is the one that looked like a king, you know, so you go first. And he come walking out, and Samuel says, surely this is the Lord's anointed. The Lord's anointed is standing before him. And that's when the Lord spoke to him and said, don't look at his outward appearance, for I rejected him. For, uh, for God don't see the way y'all see. For, he said, for, 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 for man looketh on the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. So this man, something was wrong with his heart. Okay? So he had made all his other sons pass before him, and no, that's not them. And so when Jesse said, well, that's, that's about all of them, you know, that Jesse thought he'd be interested in. And so Samuel said, we can't sit down and eat until... He said, I know you got a son that the Lord has chosen. You got any more son? Yeah, I got one out there in the field. I know you can't be looking at him. But when he come in, as soon as he come in the door, God said, that's him. Get up and anoint him. Why? Because he had a good heart. You know what I'm saying? You can't really look on the outward appearance and tell what's in a person's heart. Listen, they talk about a worldview, and they say a worldview, uh, uh, you only see, they, they, they um, uh, liken it to an iceberg. You only see uh, uh, a, a small portion above the water. I, th- I think it may be even a quarter of it above the water, and, and the rest of it is, is beneath the water. That one that will sink a ship, it's up, on, it's up under the water. And so let me tell you the same thing about us. The, 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 the same thing about man, the, 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 the thing that we live out of is our heart. It, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's not really your brain either. You know what? They, uh, they've been studying the difference between the brain and the mind. They say the two are not the same. They say because the mind is spiritual. And the brain is what you have in your head. They can operate on it. But some kind of way, it's connected to your mind, and, and, and it's confused man. Man can't figure it out. They talk about this thing called qualia. That is a connection that gives man a self-consciousness, a self-awareness in the world. You know, qualia. You know, but, 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 but they've been trying to figure it out. Where is the connection between the brain and the mind? You know there's some kind of connection, but you know that uh, that can operate on your brain or something can happen to your brain, and it can affect the way you move. It can affect the way you talk. But you can take away uh, a a, a person's ability to talk or even sometimes their ability to move, and, 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 and you may think they're not understanding what you're saying. But in their heart, they understand you because... It is a difference. Let me tell you, why do the heart matter? According to amazing facts, the heart beats over 100,000 times a day. During a period of a lifetime, a heart would beat 3 billion times and pump up to 8 million pints of blood, or about 1 million barrels. Uh, that's enough to fool three uh, super tankers. 
Blood takes about 20 seconds to circulate throughout the entire uh, uh, vascular system. The adult uh, heart pumps uh, about five quarts of blood each minute, approximately uh, 2,000 gallons of blood each day throughout the body. A typical athlete's heart churns up, up about eight gallons of blood per minute. The heart beats about 100,000 times, as I said today, uh, 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 30 million times in a year. During the average lifetime, the human heart would beat about 2.5 billion times. Why the heart matters? Let me tell you something. Your blood is the only thing in you, and I, forgive me for calling it a thing, for lack of a better word, it's the only uh, substance in you that touches every part of your being. If they want to find out if something's going on with you, they would take a blood sample. And when they take that blood sample and they run a test on it, they can tell if something is going on with you. Because what happens, and they, and they can't explain it, your blood will start trying to, trying to uh, 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 protect your body, but it will produce more white blood cells than red blood cells. And when there's more white blood cells, they can tell there is an infection because your, your body is trying to protect itself. And you're going to tell them there's not a God? How, how did that come through evolution? How do evolution, uh, evolution can't do that. It has to be a God. Let me tell you what I figured out. I've been meditating, and I think a lot. I think all day. And I, I, I thought about this, that throughout history, different countries, different uh, uh, um, nations, different um, people have sought after God. Even we have in the Bible, Melchizedek, who uh, before Abraham time, Melchizedek met, met Abraham and called God the most high. Man searching after God. Paul said this in the 17th chapter of Acts. Searching after man, if by chance they may find him. Well, what God did was he finally revealed himself to man. Man had been searching after him. Some of them, they had put up golden statues and whatnot because they tried to figure out this God. Because they know it's got to be a God. Uh, some of the greatest minds uh, uh, in history, uh, 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 Aristotle, uh, uh, Socrates, some of these Plato, some of these great minds, they knew it had to be a supreme being. I think it was uh, 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 Plato who called it the, the, the um, he called it the, the, um, the Logos. Yeah, yeah. See, John used that. <laughs> he called it the, the Logos, okay? Aristotle called him the unmoved mover. Now, yeah, they missed it, but they were searching. But then God chose a nation, a weak and feeble nation, if you will. They're the size of Rhode Island. God chose this nation to reveal himself to the world and say, here I am. And then through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we see how God is. So there's no need for our hearts not to be able to, to, to meditate on who God is. 
The important functions of the heart, the, the uh, cardiovascular system, consists of the heart, blood vessels, uh, and blood. The, vista, the, the system has three main functions. It transports uh, uh, nutrients, oxygen, and hormones to cells throughout the body and removal of a uh, uh, metabolic waste, carbon dioxide, and uh, uh, nitroglycerous waste. So in other words, it takes life to the cells, but it takes waste away from them as well. The blood is important. Have you ever wondered why they can't duplicate it? They can only have blood drives. Blood is precious in God's sight. God's told, uh, I think he's told Moses, I've given it to you, talking about the animal's blood, I've given it to you on the altar. He said, because uh, life is in the blood. Yeah, yeah, if, if you don't think it's true, then just bleed out. And see, if, see how, how long you carry on. Life is in the blood. So, you know, we see how precious the blood is. Untainted. We don't even know what that's like. Because we were born with tainted blood. We were born some kind of way sin nature has affected our blood. Some kind of way. See, there's a connection only God knows. I believe, Elder, about the blood. I think it's a code that God hasn't given to man. He hasn't given it to him. He's not going to give it to him. They'll continue to have to have blood drives. The blood is precious, and it does a lot. Who in the world? I mean, evolution can't think, evolution can't think, period. How can this happen? <laughs> okay, it says that not only does it transport, but it, it protects the body uh, by, by uh, producing white blood, blood cells, antibodies, and a complement protein that circulates in the blood and defend the body against foreign uh, uh, microbes and toxins. It, 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 it creates clotting. It has a clotting uh, me uh, mechanism in it, and uh, it's present to protect the body uh, from blood after, um after injuries. In other words, it would create a scab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it can. I seen the show the other night. The man had an injury and he was bleeding out and the woman put her hand on the wound and it was only her hand that was keeping that man from bleeding to death. But as long as she had her hand there and the blood was able to stay in, that man stayed alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and, and so, if this blood is so important, then the heart that pumps that blood is important. So uh, I love that scripture from the book of Proverbs, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. I love that scripture because it's a play on words. Because your natural heart, you need to keep it for out of it flows the issues, blood issues. The woman with the issue of blood, right? But also your, your heart, the heart of man that, that what the seed of your emotions, uh, your soul man, your spirit man, the heart of man, the Bible says, keep it with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Keep it with all diligence. In other words, be diligent about what you watch. Be diligent about what you see, because this world, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but this world is dictating to us. It's trying to dictate to us morality, what's moral and what's not. And if we're not careful, 
we allow that thing to get in our hearts. The, uh, uh, the, 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 the Greek word for heart is cardia. That's where you get that cardiovascular. It's called cardia. It's a masculine noun usually rendered as heart, but whose range of meaning is extensive. It can denote the heart of a human physical organ, uh, uh, and the, but it said in both languages, to my Hebrew and, and, uh, and Greek, uh, when the word heart is used, it appears to consist of both the soul and the spirit of man. Listen, this is why the, the, the writer of Hebrews said the word of God is quick or alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Dividing asunder soul and spirit. Why? Because they both are together. They are together. They're not one. In, in other words, I'm saying they're, they're not like, you know, you, you can't separate them. God, only God can separate them though. Soul and spirit. So when you die, not just your spirit goes to heaven, your soul and your spirit goes because they are together. Right? But when you're reading the word of God, you're feeding your spirit. But David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. What was he talking about? His soul. He's talking about his will, his mind, his emotion. So he called his will in line. We were talking about this morning about being a disciple. You have to submit your will to God. I found out that willpower is not strong enough to fight sin. Paul said, for I will to do what is right, but I can't seem to find Say, oh, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the power of this death? I thank my God through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation. See, when you are fighting with willpower, you're going to fall under condemnation because you cannot do it with willpower. It has to be the power of God. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, you wonder why I'm able to quote this? Because I was hurting so bad as I was looking for an answer. And so that's how I learned to quote it. See, that's why God will let you get hurt. He'll let you hurt. He'll let you hurt so that you can learn scripture. David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. <laughs> Whoo, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for a sin often condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be fleshly minded is death but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Yeah. But I found out too, you can know all that. You can quote it. But unless you submit your will to God. See, I found out I got to submit my will and that's where the rubber meets the road because that's where the battle comes in at. Submitting my will to God and not just in word only. But I got to do it. I found out I got to get up every morning and make a conscious effort. And I, I love it. I always, I always said this about George Mao. When George Mao said this, she said that, uh, she told the Lord, say, Lord, I, she, she repented about it. And she said, uh, but I promise you I'll do it again if you don't help me. 
I mean, because you can't, you can't stop on your willpower is not enough. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that can be an attitude. It can be a, a spirit of anger. It can be anything that's ungodly. Willpower is not enough. Why the heart matters? Because the Holy Spirit wants to take up residence in your heart, and he wants to fight your battles. See, we quote that scripture, the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. That's where the battle is fought at. He fights from the inside of you. He, Bible says it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God that works in you. It's God that's telling you, it's that still small voice. That still small voice that's saying, don't say nothing. You've just been hurt. Somebody said something to hurt your feelings. And the Spirit of God tell you, hold your peace. It's that still small voice. Now your flesh is louder. Your flesh says, hmm. They ain't going to talk to me like that. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I found out if you don't have a lot, lot, lot there given away, you can't get with none away. We get peace of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, God don't want us to behave like that. It says the process in the process of salvation, uh, it, it begins in the heart by believing uh, uh, and being receptive to the testimony of God. While the rejection of the testimony hardens the heart. It's a hardness of a heart. It's evidence. It's evidence. It, 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 it evidences itself uh, in light of views of sin, partial acknowledgement and confession of it. Views of sin, partial or not, uh, a partial acknowledgement. In other words, uh, you hear it, but uh, you, you know, you don't really take it to heart, and uh, and you won't confess it. You won't give it to God. So what it does is hardens. When the word of God goes forth, that word of God begins to work on that area in your heart, but you got to allow him to do it. If you don't, when you walk out that door and you determine you're going to do your own thing, it hardens. And after a while, it's going to be even harder for you to stop doing that thing or doing that thing. It's going to be harder. It's going to be harder for you to submit yourself to God because it hardens every time you are disobedient. Why the heart matters? Out of of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs uh, 16 and 25 says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end are the ways of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, our flesh is going to show us the easy way. It's going to show us the way that feels good, that makes me feel good. See, the Bible says there are three ways that the devil comes. He used these things against Adam and Eve. He's he going to use them against us as well. The law, the, the, uh, it says the, um, the lust of the flesh, <laughs> uh, I, got to, I got to have it. The lust of the flesh, the, uh, the lust of the eyes, I got to get it. And the pride of life, I got to be it. And the pride of life is the one that'll kill you because you will kill folks just to be, just to be it. You want to be something. Lust of the flesh is Eve looked at the apple. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh, she wanted it. Lust of the eyes, I got to get it. And the devil used that on us. It is a digression. If we don't arrest it, 
It's a digression. I was reading the other day, and I was telling somebody about this. The Lord was, the Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy. And he was young, young Timothy, and he told him, he said that, uh, for in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he should be a vessel of honor, set aside a meat for the master's use, and prepare unto every good work. Then he said, in the, and starting in the next chapter, therefore flee you for lust. Therefore, they always say, if you see that therefore, you need to go see what it's there for. And so it tied everything that Paul has said to what he was getting ready to say. Flee you for lust. Okay, so you for lust are things that youth go to. There's a, there is a propensity in, in, in youth. Just, there's just things that y'all deal with that the older we get, it don't matter to us. It, it don't matter. So we sympathize with you. But there are useful lusts that the Bible even tells us to flee. It's a flee. If you want to please God, flee the youthful lust, right? Okay. Now, Paul said, flee you, therefore also youthful lust. And, uh, and, 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 and he said, and call on God with them that, that call on the Lord. Well, no, you said, but, but walk in righteousness with them that call on the Lord out, um, out of a pure heart. So he said, you can allow your heart to become corrupt by indulging in those youthful lusts. So I was thinking about that, and I was saying there is a fleeing, a natural fleeing, but then there is a, un, you know, a, 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 a metaphysical, what I'm saying, beyond the physical. I'm talking about mental, okay? There's a mental uh, fleeing as well. The Bible tells us to cast down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's fleeing. When it comes, get away from it. When it comes, get it out your head. Why? Because if you dwell on it, guess what? You'll end up doing it. Because willpower is not enough. It's God in your heart that's speaking to us about our condition. Listen, do you think Jesus died a death that he died for us just to be Nominal Christian, somebody just come to church just to come and say, I went to church and hallelujah, praise God, I get my church on. I'm about tired of hearing stuff like that. And I know, you know, I'm studying to be an apologist, and I know I got to present the faith with meekness and with reverence, and, and, and God is going to work on me with that. Uh, uh, because when I hear crazy stuff, Ooh, it's hard. <laughs> Luke, the sixth chapter, it's a, a good man. A good, I'm, I'm, I use a different, y'all know I'm a King James man. But I use a version so because some people, you know, might have said, well, I wanted to be, be clear. So I used a different version here. Um, it says a good, a good person produces a, a good out of the good stored in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Mark 7, chapter 6, he continued, uh, it's what comes out of a person that makes him unclean. Evil thoughts, sexual sins, stealing, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, cheating, shameless lust, envy, cursing, arrogance, and foolishness come from within a person. All these evils come from within and makes a person unclean. 
As a young man, uh, 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 as a young man charged with the task of leading the nation of Israel, Solomon asked God for wisdom. Listen to what he said. Solomon said, "You have shown to your servant David, my father." Um, great loving kindness according as he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have kept him from the great, you have kept him, you have kept for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now Yahweh or Jehovah, my God, you have made your servant king instead of David, my father, or in the stead of David, my father. I am but a little child. I don't know how to go out and to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people that can't be numbered for counted or counted for multitude. Listen to what he says. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may just discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people? That was Solomon praying to God and saying, give him an understanding heart. So you see, you got the brain that you can, you can think with, but it's also the heart that God deals with. If God is going to give you wisdom, guess where it's going to be at? In your heart. In your heart. That's where it's going to be. It's a, uh, now, we know that there are several things that contribute to creating conditions for individual heart to become unhealthy or even threaten their lives. Just like uh, we are able to identify unhealthy uh, behavior affecting a natural heart, there is also un uh, uh, unhealthy behavior uh, that affect your spiritual innermost being. Due to the size of the list, I will only uh, deal with the generals and leave uh, you to identify the, uh, the particulars or come back Wednesday night and we'll talk about it then. Psalm 1, and I love this psalm. The book of Psalms is, by some theologians, they see it as broken up into five books. Mimicking the five books of Moses, Right? And they got them, but they got someone set out by itself. They see someone as an entrance into the, the, what they call the Psalter. They see someone, and you'll see why. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen to this digression. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth. See, you start out walking. And then you stand, that standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It's when you take a seat. Yeah, yeah. How many people have taken a seat in the seat of the scornful? That means you turn up your nose at God. You know what God said. And Romans said, they who know the judgment of God, not only do the same, but they have pleasure and then they do it. You know what the Bible says, but you're trying to twist it around and make it say what you want it to say. This is a digression. You start out, blessed men that walketh not. Then you stand because they got your attention, and then you sit down in that devilment, in that defilement, 
in the way the world is trying to dictate to us through television, through radio, all kind of ways that dictating to us their morality. And then sometimes, some churches will try to defend it and bring it into the church. I love what uh, Robbie Zachariah and I think that was uh, Norman, um, um, Ossie Sproul on Facebook. They talked about, oh, he talked about this church, and I'm not going to call it a name. Talk about this church that's coming up, and he said they're not going to be able to defend themselves against the onslaught of, 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 of other world religions because they are bound into the postmodern thinking. They are rejecting absolutes. There are no absolutes. Well, you're all over the place if there are no absolutes. In other words, if there are not uh, uh, things, God's word is absolute. So they don't, they don't want to hear the word of God. They're going to say that's your, uh, 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 your interpretation. But the word of God says what it says, and the word of God is absolute. If God says wrong, it's wrong. You cannot walk stand and take a seat in the council of the ungodly telling you it's all right men on, with men on television my god you didn't see that back in the day they didn't even put Lucy and Rick in the same bed that's why I my wife and I, I look at them old shows I got that um, antenna TV that MTV yeah I look at that because some of this stuff here, man, my God, I try to look at some of the show, but yeah, two men kissing, what, what, what they got to do with anything? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't agree with it. I, don't, I, I, I love you. <laughs> I, I, I love you, but it's, just, it, it's not right. It, it's not right. And so we, we, we can't, in the name of love, you know, stop in the name. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> They'll tell you to stop in the name of love. Before you break my heart, think it over. <laughs> they try to get you to rethink it. Think about it. You're going to break my heart. God loves everybody. God loves me. Stop. In the name of love. And for the most part, we've done that. Stopped. So-called in the name of, quote, unquote, love. But listen, the same God, let me, let me show you something, and I'm closing. The same God, when he revealed himself to Moses, Moses said, y'all know I love this passage. He revealed himself to Moses. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory that I might know you. This is in uh, uh, Exodus, the 33rd chapter, and the 34th chapter, God did it. God told Moses, go stand on the rock, and I'm going to pass by you and make my glory pass before you. He said, now you can't see my face, because no man can see my face and live. He says, so I'm going to put my hand over you. Listen to this. God said, I'm going to put my hand over you and pass by you and make my glory pass before you. Now, this used to always confuse me because when God passed before Moses, the Bible said God came down and stood there with Moses and he passed before Moses and he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquity, transgression, and sin, and will thereby no means pardon the guilty, uh, the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the Father upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. What he just said, he said that he's merciful and gracious, but he said he's a God of justice. 
Not fair, just. What's the difference, Elder? Well, if God is fair, that means he's going to be, uh, 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 he's he going to owe me. As long as I do something, God, you owe me. You ain't fair because you, you, you didn't do such and such. No, he's not fair, but he's just. And it behooves us to, to find out the judgments of God. The judgments of God. In that, um, in the Psalm 19, it starts out with David talking about the, um, talk about the, 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 the foundations of the earth. He said that um, how God had created the sun and created the moon and how that they do what they do and, 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 and he talked about it, okay? Uh, oh, man. He talks about it in Psalms 19, and I'm closing. I'm, I really am closing. I probably said that before, but this time I mean it. Count it to my head and not my heart. Okay. Okay, Psalms 19, and then I'm going to close out with this right here. But why the heart matters? Okay, he said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. And then he goes on to say, uh, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set a tent for the tabernacle, which comes out as, as, like a, a, a bridegroom leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs his course with joy. Is rising is from the ends of the heavens in the circuit to the ends of them. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now you notice there he's talking general. He's talking general. Now he get more specific. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the heart, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord, or, or, or I think that's the statutes of the Lord, are, uh, are, are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and, and drippings of the honeycomb. More by them your servant is worn, and keeping of them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Uh, declare, declare me. Um, declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be shameless and innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my, your, my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Why did I read the whole thing? Well, you see where he got specific, the law of the Lord. Now, in the law, when Psalms 1 says, in his law do he meditate day and night, in the law of God, you have the precepts of God, you have the testimonies of God, you have the statutes of God. All of that is in the law of the Lord. It tells us about the nature of God. It tells us the way God does things. 
You know what I'm saying? So people say that the Old Testament is, 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 is done with. No, 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 no. No, it's not done with. Jesus fulfilled it, but it's not done away with. We look in the Old Testament and we seek to learn some things about God, how God deals with situations, okay? How he deals with situations. But we have to learn the law of the Lord. Now, we're not justified by the law, but we can learn some things by the law. In his law, do he meditate day and night? He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also should not wither, right? His leaf also should not wither. And he should be strong by that river, able to bear fruit in his season. But he meditates on the law day and night. Blessed is the man. That's why they call that the entrance into the Psalter because you see where Israel went through a whole lot in the different sections of it. They went through a whole lot. It was the, 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 the life of two individuals, the, the righteous man and the unrighteous man. The unrighteous man do not meditate on the, on, 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 he don't delight in them. He don't delight in the law of the Lord, but the righteous man does. So, uh, so the thing is, he's talking about taking a picture. How do a righteous man look? He delights in the law of the Lord. So then we look in the mirror of the word and we see ourselves, we're righteous, you know. And as a righteous man, my delight should be in, the, in, in, in God's law, okay, to protect me from walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Because if I don't have anything in me to fight against, the onslaught of the wicked stuff that's going on in this world, in this society, in this postmodern age, where they have rejected the, the, the absolutes of God, there are no absolutes to them, you know, what, you know, <laughs> relative. What's good for you, Elder, may not be good for me. Let's just live together. You don't bother me? I won't bother you. Now, you know good and well that ain't what God said. Why the, why the heart matters? It matters to God. That's what God looks at. He looks at the condition of the heart. Actually, today, what condition do you think your heart is in? Are you getting ready to have a heart attack? Do you have in the clots building up? Are you exercising every day in the word of God? Paul told Timothy, exercise yourself rather unto God. He said, but bodily exercise, profit as little. He didn't say it didn't profit at all. So don't be saying, I ain't got the opposite exercise. No, he didn't say that. He said, it profit as little, a little while, because you're going to die. I can get a six-pack elder, but soon y'all going to put me under. I believe I'm going to be 93, but y'all going to put me under. Now, that's what I'm asking God for, 93. But y'all going to put me under. Six-pack and all. I know at 93, I probably won't have a six-pack. Probably won't have no pack. <laughs> But the thing is, is that, yeah, being in shape, it does matter. 
because it helps you to have a better quality of life. But your heart matters as well. Are you exercising yourself unto godliness? Are you exercising the disciplines, prayer, fasting, scripture intake, fellowshipping? Are you exercising those spiritual disciplines to help yourself? Are you exercising yourself unto godliness? There is no growth staying by yourself. God never called us to be an island. God never called us to be out there by ourselves. It's in the fellowship of the saints. I'm going to say this, and then you can stand up. When the Bible said, forsaken not the assembling of yourself together, and, I, and I'm not hitting at nobody, I'm just telling you, saying this. When the Bible talk about forsaken not the assembling of yourself together, I think when it got them to the Western world, we thought it was just talking about Sunday school, church, you know, Bible study. We forget about prayer. We don't count that. If there's a prayer call, we don't think that's fellowshipping with the saints. Maybe that's just something we put on it. Maybe that's not the way the, it was done in the East. In the East, every time they came together, I don't care what they were for. I mean, you, do you remember when they were praying for Peter? I guarantee you it was a lot of them there. In 13th chapter, when they say that they was ministering to the, to the Holy Spirit, ministering to God, and the Holy Spirit spoke, they were praying. They were praying. And God said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I've called them. Exercising ourselves unto God, and it's coming together. Praying by yourself is fine, but praying with the saints is better. Hallelujah. You guys stand up and receive God's blessing. Hallelujah.